If you will, this morning, turn with me to our text, which is found in 1 Peter this morning, chapter 2, verse 25. 1 Peter 2, verse 25. For ye were as sheep going astray, but are now returned unto the shepherd and bishop of your souls. Let us pray. Dear Heavenly Father, what a great shepherd Thou art. What a faithful shepherd Thou art. What a wonderful overseer Thou art of our souls. O Lord, come. Come this hour with power, with Thy love and Thy voice to our souls to assure us this hour, Lord, of our surety that we are safe and secure in Thee Thou art pleased to overrule all things in our life that would draw us away from Thee. That You are our seeking Savior, our seeking Shepherd, and a faithful one at that who always brings His children home. May You be pleased this hour to come with love and clarity for Thy people and feed us, Lord, as only Thou can. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. <clears throat> this text to me speaks of my surety. A surety is a guarantee or a guarantor. And when I think and I read in the Word of God of what Jesus Christ has done, that's where He leads me. That He is a guarantor. That everything He said He's finished and everything he said he would do, he does. And it doesn't matter if, that I think at times that it's up to me. And it doesn't matter at times that I'm prone to wander. That's why I asked my wife to play that song this morning, as much as I struggled singing it because of my voice. But there is a part in that song. That says, prone to wonder, Lord, I feel it. Prone to leave the God I love. Oh, to grace, how great a debtor. Daily I am constrained to be. Let thy goodness like a fetter bind my wandering heart to thee. I think about that when I read this text that says you were a sheep going astray. And, and first and foremost, I think two ways the sheep goes astray. First of all, hopefully something we all in this room have experienced, and that is the day of our conversion and the day of regeneration. When we walked according to this world, the precepts of this world, the mandates of this world, and, and according to our sinful flesh. And the Lord, in His time and by His grace, and in that day of His power, He turned us. He turned us from that way. He birthed in us and brought forth the life of Christ in us that has given us an understanding that we have a shepherd. And not only an understanding, but a reality that he, the Lord is my shepherd. But there's also a wandering that takes place so much in our life. And we go astray a lot. And we backslide a lot. Even, even after regeneration. You're going to see that today with Peter, of course. And you're going to see that, you see that throughout the Word of God with His people. Um, certainly I read the account this week of David 
and how bold he was and how strong he was in the Lord to stand against that Philistine who was much bigger than he ever was, who was feared among all men. But David said, My Lord will be with me. As he stood there knowing who his Lord was, knowing who his great shepherd was. And he stood there in the truth and he stood in the power of the Lord and he slayed his enemy. And I know that that's a real, realistic power that the Lord gives his children. But I also know the rest of David's life. And I know how he was prone to wander. And I know the faithfulness of the shepherd to bring him back again and again and again. So when I read the beginning of this text, you were a sheep gone astray, going astray, I understand that. I understand that I was once dead in my sins and then quickened to life. And I also understand that even though I know that Christ dwells in me, even though I know what my Lord has done for me, I am grieved over and over again at how many times I wander and how many times I stray. But I am thankful because this text tells me that I am returned. That means repentance. The Lord all brings His people back through the gate of repentance. He gives them the gift of repentance. It's by His goodness. We're going to talk about that today too. And we're told here two things, Peter says. The Lord is my shepherd. He is my caretaker. He is the one who watches over me. He is the one who leads me. He's the one who guides me. He is my security. That is my surety. That is my shepherd. But He's also the bishop of my soul. He's the overseer of my soul. That's what bishop means. He watches over my soul. He gives me that which is good for my soul. Sometimes my wife and I, as we're in despair and we're thinking about the way things are for the way that we see them, we say things are this way, whether it's in our children or other ones that we love, and we say, wow, this is this really truly is horrible. But then we remind ourselves there's a bigger picture than what we see. Because that's what Romans 8.28 tells us. That the Lord is the shepherd and bishop of the souls of all of His people. He is the overseer. He is the faithful one. And we prove over many times in our life that we're not the faithful one. But I want to speak first this morning about what makes Him this surety. Because we're not left that without witness because 21 through 24 bring us to what makes Christ our surety. It's based upon what He's done. It's based upon His finished work. It's based upon what He did in eternity and carried out in time. So the first thing we're told is in 21, for even hereunto were you called, were you fitted, were you prepared. Peter said this is what the child of God has been fitted for. He has been prepared for. How? By the one who prepared by the one who fits us, by the potter who molds us. For even hereunto were you called, because Christ also suffered for us. He stood in our place as that guarantee. He guaranteed the justice of His Father. He guaranteed that all of our sins would be covered by His blood. 
He guaranteed that every sin in the child of God's life is atoned for. He guaranteed salvation for every one of them. And I don't want to sit up here and give a false confidence and say, so it doesn't matter how we walk. Because it does to the child of God. It will to the child of God. When the Lord turns His servants, when He turns His children, then Psalm 51 is written, Against Thee and Thee only have I sinned, Lord. That's where the depth is done in the soul of the child of God. That's what the overseer is doing. He's bringing us to the end of ourselves through providential things in our life that are very hard for us and very difficult for us. The chastening hand of the Lord is because whom He loves, He chastens. And He brings His sheep back to Him and back to the fold many times over. Because He's the faithful shepherd to do it. I think of that, how far short I fall in that in my own home, about even a willingness at times. Sometimes I'm so beaten down by life, and I'm so wore out that the next trial that comes in my family, or the next thing that comes up that's so hard for me to deal with, I don't want to deal with it. But the Lord is faithful to call me to cry out to mercy for the strength to deal with it. But He always shows me that I'm not alone. And it's not by me. It's not of me that willeth. It's not of me that runneth. It's of Him that showeth mercy. He is the shepherd and bishop of our souls. So, Christ suffered for us. Yes, as our surety. Leaving us an example. This is back in 21. That you should follow His steps. That's the faithfulness of the shepherd. Because in the day of His power, we do follow His steps. I think of that a lot. I hear ones I love say, Oh, I'm, I'm prone to wander. Just like the songwriter said, I'm prone to wander. Lord, I feel it. That's true. I feel it too. But He is faithful to bring us back every time. Faithful is He that calleth you to discipleship, to follow Him, for He will do it. And sometimes I know when I say those things and when I counsel those I love with those things, I know what must be going on in the mind. Sure. I don't see it. What do you mean? Why? why I, there's got to be something I have to do. No, this is what we're hearing today is that we are all sheep that go astray. But we are returned. And it's not by our own power. It's by the shepherd. It's by the bishop of our souls. It's, and, and it's based on His finished work. It's based on that he, he suffered for us. For us. That is particular. It's a peculiar people that He suffered for. He bled and He died for. And He rose again for. And He ascended for. He did no sin, verse 22. Neither was guile found in His mouth. And you say, well, that's certainly not me. No, dear ones. It's the blessedness of the Gospel. Because there was one who did it in our place. Because we couldn't. 
He satisfied God's justice by His perfect obedience. He perfectly kept the law so that you and I now today don't look at the law as being some terrible thing because Christ has fulfilled it and He's done it for us. He's done it. And we, if we be in Christ, will in this life, we will walk that way. But it's not as the, the high-minded religionists tell us today or the frivolous people that are in, sitting in the pews today that don't want to hear about sin. And don't. That's the reality. We will always have sin in this life. Always. It is not an easy path that we're taking and that we're given to heaven. The Lord said, deny yourself daily. Take up your cross and follow Me. In this world, you will suffer persecution, affliction, suffering. But be of good cheer. What? Yeah, He's overcome the world as our surety, as the one who stood in our place. He did no sin, neither was guile found in His mouth. When He was reviled, He reviled not again. When I read things like that, I say, how? How? That's the depth of what long-suffering is. That's the the holiness of long-suffering. That's what Christ's long-suffering is. That when you're reviled, you don't revile again. You consider where that's coming from. A fallen man. That without the grace of God, you would be in that same thought, in that same place. When he was reviled, he reviled not again. When he suffered, he threatened not, but committed himself to him that judgeth righteously. Thy will be done. I wonder how many times the Lord leads us to pray that way every day. Lord, thy will be done. It's funny, usually that comes after we make all of our petitions and tell God how we see it and how we think He should do things. And then we say, eh, Thy will be done. When Thy will be done should always be first. Everything flows from God's will, not our own. Oh Lord, align me in Your will. I know I have a will. I, I have a will that wants to see a lot of things happen in this country and this world and my family and my church and all around me. But what is the Lord's will? He committed Himself to Him that judge righteously. Who His own self. Don't ever miss that. He could swear by no other. He is a surety. He is the one who did it. He had to do it in His own self. By Himself, by His power, who His own self bore our sins in His own body on the tree. That's what it means when it says He went first. He laid down His life. He came in the flesh to suffer as we suffer and suffered perfectly so that He can suffer us who suffer every day. He was tempted every which way so that when we're tempted, we have an advocate that we are drawn to that we know has suffered and been persecuted and has been tempted in the same ways that we have been. 
He's not a stone God. He's not the God of this world that is fickle upon every emotion of man and every movement of man. God is going to act the way man tells Him to. Not my God. Not the God of these Scriptures. Not the Sovereign Lord of these Scriptures who testify of Him. These Scriptures. They are true and they are holy and they are just and the people of God don't question that. Because the Holy Spirit resides in them showing them the things of Christ from these words. What Christ has done for them. Who His own self bear our sins in His own body on the tree that we, being dead to sin, should live unto righteousness by whose stripes ye were healed. Ye were healed. We are healed by the Christ finished work on the cross. He guaranteed it. That's our security. That's our stability. In a world today that is so unstable, in lives that are so unstable, and and it seems to me the more I listen to the voices of this world, that's what they want you to be is unstable. Because the whole world around you is unstable. And somehow, the voice of the masses says that's where stability is in being unstable. And floating around in life and saying yes to everything. Yes to every sin. Yes to every, every debauchery. Yes to anything that man says is good. But, the Lord our Shepherd and the Bishop of our souls has secured a life because by His stripes we are healed. And you say, well, why aren't we healed from wandering? Because we are sheep. I, I, I heard something this week about sheep that I never knew. And I've heard a lot of things about sheep. And I've read books about sheep. But I either forgot this or whatever. But I know you know how fluffy they get and, and how how much wool they can get on them. If, if they get too much dirt on their wool, if they get too much pollution from the mud and the dirt, they'll fall over on one side. And then as they're falling over to one side, they're not smart enough to try to get up. They'll roll over on their back and then they're dead. They can't get up. There's too much heaviness in the wool. And I thought about that when I heard that and I said, wow, what a picture that is of the child of God. That's what the world does to us. It weighs us down. And if it wasn't for this shepherd and bishop of our souls to roll us back up, to, to cleanse us by His righteousness, we would surely die. We would surely walk in the path that's so wide that leads to destruction. So now we come to our text in 25 and I want to look at both parts. Say a few things about both of them. For ye were a sheep going astray is our first part. Yes, Isaiah wrote in 53.6, All we like sheep have gone astray. We have turned everyone to his own way. And the Lord hath laid on him the iniquity of us all. We all stray. We all stray in our fallen nature. We all stray when we hear things in reports. We all hear... We, we get scared and we stray away from the shepherd and bishop of our souls. 
you were a sheep going astray. I told you I'd tell you more about Peter. <clears throat> we know a lot about Peter's life, but remember Peter's the one who wrote this under the inspiration of the Holy Ghost. Go with me now over to Luke 22 real quick. I want to show you something the Lord told him. Because nothing's hidden from our Lord. Nothing's hidden from Him. He knows the path that He has ordained for each one of His children. He knows their backslidings. He knows their uprisings. He knows everything about them and what will take place in their life. Because He's ordained it. Beginning in verse 31, And the Lord said, Simon, Simon, behold, Satan has desired to have you that he may sift you as wheat. And that is the story of every child of God that Satan has desired to sift every one of us as wheat. He has desired to sift the soul, to make havoc in the soul, to make everything in the soul so unbalanced that we follow Him. But then we have the great Healer but I have prayed for thee. That is the shepherd and bishop of Peter's soul. I have prayed for thee that thy faith fail not. I have prayed for thee. So that's a done deal. Satan may have his plan, but Peter, I have prayed for you. Now does that mean Peter's going to be in a bubble? Does that mean Peter's not going to sin anymore? Does that mean Peter's not going to be wayward anymore? I have prayed for you that thy faith fail not. And in the day of the Lord's power, His faith never fails. There is a difference, I've said it many times up here, between our faith and what we believe we have and the faith of God. And as soon as I hear the children of God start talking more about their faith, I know they're skewed. It's the faith of the Son of God. Because when we start talking about self, we'll lose ourself in self. That's what happens. We're dumb sheep. If you're offended by that, I'm sorry. Because that's what the Bible calls us. It's been proven to me anyway, for myself. I've prayed for thee that thy faith fail not, and when thou art converted. Interesting thing. I mean, there, there are people that take that, oh, Peter wasn't a child of God. Sure. Okay. When you're converted, when you're turned, when the gift of repentance comes. Remember, we're right on the cusp of Him denying Christ. We're right on the cusp of Him following Jesus, one of the only ones who did. Followed Him from afar and then turned and fled and denied Him three times. Denied Him. Cursed His name. When I make a difference in your life, when I come, when I turn you as the shepherd and bishop of your souls, then and only then can you strengthen your brother. That's it. That's when you will be the rock. That's when you will be... Well, but Peter said... Well, let's listen. And then Peter says in 33, And he said unto him, Lord, I'm ready to go with thee both into prison and to death. What do you mean when I'm converted? I'm following you everywhere. I love you, Lord. And he did. And in his mind, he did truly believe that he would follow the Lord everywhere he went. Because we don't realize how far 
our depravity and this sin nature, how wicked it is and how strong it is. We make light of it. We say, oh no, I'm much stronger than that. Lord, You've revealed Yourself to me. Once You've done that once, that's all I need. Really? And then Jesus says to him, and He said, 34, I tell thee, Peter, the cock shall not crow this day before that thou shalt thrice deny that thou knowest Me. You're going to deny Me three times. The same one who said, I'm ready to go with thee into prison to death. The same one who said, Lord, thou art the Christ. You're the Son of the living God. And then a moment later is over there shaking Jesus, telling Him, you can't die. You can't go to the cross. You can't go lay down your life. I want you here. I want you in front of me. Because Peter believed. And we cannot discount Peter for this because we believe the same thing. We can't live without Christ in front of us. We can't. And we won't. And Peter knew that. He said, Christ... I don't want you to go away. I'll die. And experientially and spiritually, the child of God says the same thing. But that's why the Lord said, I leave you the Comforter who will take all of the things of Me and show them to you. That's Christ in us. He will never leave us nor forsake us. And even at that time where Peter was sitting there denying Christ and saying those horrible things against Him, the Lord is still overseeing the soul. And at that moment when Peter had denied Christ, what did Jesus do? He looked at Peter. He glanced at Peter. And that's all it took for conviction to come to Peter's soul because Christ watched over His soul as the great shepherd and bishop of His soul. Yes, as we've already talked about David and Peter and this Bible is filled with all sorts of other wanderers. The Lord is faithful. The Lord is our shepherd. And you know, one thing about the difference is after conversion, after regeneration, we have something in us. We're not left destitute meaning that when we do backslide we have we still have a knowledge that it's wrong we just suppress it the psalmist said it this way in psalm 119 176 in fact it's the very last verse in that long psalm i have gone astray like a lost sheep seek thy servant for i do not forget thy commandments you see that I've gone astray, but there's something that I remember. You know what that is? That's the covenant remembrancer. That is the Holy Spirit. That is the seed of Christ. That is the new nature. That is the power of God that's in us. And that's what we can't forget. Even though we suppress even though we push away, even though we, we do the things we say we'd never do. Oh Lord, I'll never forsake You. I would never say that, that later in my life I'll come back to You, Lord, because right now I'm busy with everything else. We'd never say that. We love You too much. We go out there into that world of hell 
and we get so polluted by it, and we get so draw, um, battered, beaten down by it that we fall over and we roll over and we're ready to die because we can't get up. Now we come to the best part of the text. But are now returned. Yes, you were sheep going astray. But are now returned unto the shepherd and bishop of your soul. See, that's the thing. We were sheep. We were sheep in eternity. We were sheep here even when we were dead in sins and trespasses. We're always sheep. Always sheep from the foundation of the world. But now, Peter says, now. And that's what I ask you today. When the Lord does His work in your soul, that's what we say. Now, Lord. Now I see you as my shepherd. Now I see you as the overseer of my soul. Now. That's a, that's a today word. That's a tomorrow word. Now. Now I know your presence, Lord. We're told in this text that we're returned. And as I mentioned earlier, returning means through repentance. Paul said in Romans 2, 4, Or despisest thou the riches of his goodness and forbearance and longsuffering, not knowing that the goodness of God leadeth thee to repentance? He was questioning them. He said, how, how do you do these things? How do you... How do you look past the long-suffering of God? How about His forbearance, His goodness? How do, how do we just trample on that every day? Do we not understand that it's by the riches of His goodness, the goodness of His grace that leads us to repentance? Over and over. It's a gift of God. And as many times as we stray is as many times as we need it. Asaph in Psalm 80 Verse 3, verse 7, and verse 19. He said the same identical thing. He said, Turn us again, O God, and cause Thy face to shine, and we shall be saved. The children of God, and I'm trying to show you a bunch of them, Asaph, David, Peter, all of us know that it takes a greater power than what lies in our members it takes a greater power to turn us than what we have in self. Turn us again, O oh God. Turn with me over to Jeremiah 31. We'll see this depicted in Jeremiah 31. Jeremiah 31, beginning in 18. <clears throat> I have surely heard Ephraim bemoaning himself thus. Thou hast chastened me and I was chastened. Ephraim is, is the symbol of the children of God that the Lord had, had taken away in captivity. He brought them back. He had begun to heal them. They had been chastened. And that's, what they, thou, that's what's being said here. They, they, they bemoaned themselves. Oh, I've been chastened by the Lord. I've sinned against Him. I see the peaceable fruits of His righteousness, which means I see His righteousness and His goodness, and I see my inability to be that in and of myself. I'm bemoaning myself for what I am. 
Thou hast chastised me, and I was chastised as a bullock unaccustomed to the yoke. Turn thou me, Lord, and I shall be turned, for thou art the Lord my God. This is after chastening. Lord, I know that this is by your loving hand, but I still do not have the power to turn from the clutches of the wicked one, to turn from my sinful ways, to turn from the allurements of the world, to turn from the voices in the world. They're too strong for me. Turn thou me, Lord, and I shall be turned, for thou art the Lord my God. 19, surely after that I was turned. Look what happened next. I repented. Repentance comes after the Lord turns us from the way that we're walking, He then gives us the gift of repentance to see what we've done against Him and heals us of that by applying the blood. You are forgiven. Surely after that I was repented and after that I was instructed. I smote upon my thigh. I was ashamed, yea, even confounded because I did bear the reproach of my youth. Then the question in 20, Is Ephraim my dear son? Is he a pleasant child? For since I spoke, spake against him, for since the day that I sent the chastening, for since the day that I sent the trial, when I sent the affliction, when I sent... Listen to what he says. I do earnestly remember him still. Earnestly, with love. I lovingly remember him. Why? Because He is our surety. He is our guarantor. He is our security. He is our life. He is the one who brings all of this into our life to bring us back into the sheepfold. He is the shepherd and overseer of our souls. I do earnestly remember Him still. Therefore, my bowels are troubled for Him. I will surely have mercy upon Him saith the Lord. My bowels are moved with love for Him and mercy, and I will surely have mercy upon Him. Turn with me over to Micah 7. This one's a little harder to find. Micah's right after Jonah and right before Nahum. And this is the last chapter and the last three verses of the last chapter of Micah. Micah 7. Micah asked this question, Who is a God, beginning in 18, Who is a God like unto thee that pardoneth iniquity and passeth by the transgression of the remnant of his heritage? He retaineth not his anger forever because he delighteth in mercy. The anger and the wrath are on, is on, of God abides upon the reprobate all of their days. All of their days. Any person, I don't care who you are, outside of Christ, the wrath of God is against you every day. But not those in Christ. That anger and that wrath has been appeased by our surety, by the shepherd and bishop of our souls. He delights in mercy. He will turn again. This is 19. He will have compassion upon us. He will subdue our iniquities. And Thou will cast all their sins into the depth of the sea. That's what He does. He takes them away as far as from the east is to the west. 
the depth of the sea where we could never get to. Thou wilt perform the truth to Jacob and the mercy to Abraham which Thou hast sworn unto our fathers from the days of old. Thou will do it, Lord. Thou will do it. Now let's go back to our text in 1 Peter 2.25. For ye were a sheep going astray, but are now returned unto the shepherd and bishop of your souls. The shepherd, the great caretaker, the one who restores our soul, the one who leads us into the green pastures, the one who maketh us to lie down in them, the one who restores our soul, the one who does all things for the child. I thanks be unto God who performs all things for me. May that be our prayer today. May that be our power today. May that the Lord impress upon us that without Him we can do nothing. He is that great shepherd. John said it this way in 27 and 28. My sheep, this is the words of Christ, my sheep hear my voice and I know them and they follow me. You see that union? You see that power? I know them. I know them. It's because there's a relationship. They will hear my voice. My sheep hear my voice and I know them and they follow me. That is a certainty. That is a surety. That is a guarantee. They follow me. They follow me. And it's guaranteed in Him. And I know, I know, I'm with you. As soon as I hear things like that, and I say, wow, the Lord says I will follow Him, the first thing that comes to my mind is how many times I haven't. How many moments I haven't. And I know the Lord's design in that is to to humble the child of God and to keep them dependent upon Him. You know, I think easy believism, when it was introduced, really made a huge problem. It's so easy for the flesh to believe. It's so easy for the flesh to discount sin and not to care and to just push it to the side and to tell others to do the same. Eat, drink, and be merry, for tomorrow we die. The child of God has the Lord's presence in him and sobers him to life every day. To know that his life is hidden in Christ and Christ is his life. That's where the overseer part comes in. He sees everything that each one of us goes through every day. He sees our needs and Jehovah Jireh provides for them. He sees our wants and He fills us. He sees our shortcomings and He remembers that we are dust. He oversees the soul of the child of God. I tell you, when when the Lord brought that to me with power, I knew that's what I had to speak about today. He's the overseer. He's watching for my soul. And praise be to God that He is because I'm not a very good watchman. I'm that sheep that gets very polluted in this world. I need Him to cleanse me and make me clean. And many times the psalmist tells us that (laughs) how we're cleansed sometimes isn't the easiest way. It's just not a gentle washing. It's a scrubbing. And there are times we need that scrubbing. We need that chastening hand, as painful as it is. 
because in His faithfulness and in His faithful providence, it yields the peaceable fruits of His righteousness. To Him be all glory. For ye were a sheep going astray, but are now returned unto the shepherd and bishop of your souls. Dear Heavenly Father, add thy power and thy clarity, and Lord, most importantly, add thyself to the words that have been spoken for the glory of thee. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen.